0: History shows confidence in the U.S. dollar has waxed and waned over the years. I'm Charlotte Jessup. Today, James Derrick will share what history has revealed about the relevance of the dollar. Welcome to the SFS Power Up Wealth podcast, where we provide impactful insight and expert opinions on timeless financial principles and timely investment topics, preparing you to make smarter decisions with your money. James, thanks for joining me today. It's a pleasure. James is our chief investment strategist at Smedley Financial Services, and he holds a CFA designation and an MBA. James, you have done a lot of research about the U.S. dollar and have some fascinating information. Share with us what you found.
1: Well, we're, we're going to touch on some of the, the higher points over history. One of the amazing things about the U.S. dollar is how dominant it is. The Apple iPhone, for example, has a little over 50 percent of market share. Uh, which is amazing. The U.S. dollar, when it comes to financial transactions in the world, has about 90%. So it is unbelievably dominant. And it's been the dominant currency uh, for almost 100 years now.
0: That's incredible.
1: Yeah. It didn't always start out that way, and there have been a lot of skeptics. uh, Even even in the last 100 years, there have been a lot of skeptics. But, uh, you know, one of the most famous is Andrew Jackson, who I remember learning in elementary school, uh, learning that he did not like the paper money that the United States was issuing at the time. So this is around the year 1830, and he, he just hated it and uh, was not a believer in it. He didn't. He also didn't like the uh, the national banks, which were owned by the federal government, and uh, he abolished those. He also happens to be the only president. Who's ever paid off all the national debt, which is uh, pretty amazing. And it sounds like a good thing on the surface, but I think that he sent the country into a massive recession just as all these people had started up uh, private banks. And so then thousands and thousands of banks were going bankrupt in this recession. So just crazy times.
0: No spending. No government spending.
1: No government spending. I mean, the exact opposite of what we're experiencing right now, where the the government uh, just continues to spend No matter what. So, you know, another fascinating thing in history was that there was a gold and a silver standard. So in order to create confidence in the paper money, uh, you could go to a bank, a national bank, and you could exchange it for either uh, a certain amount of gold or a certain amount of silver. And it was up to you which one. And so it it didn't take long until people figured out, oh, I can arbitrage this. And, you know, if if gold is up more than silver— Uh, you know, this week or this month, I'll go in and I'll ask for gold. And then I'll take that gold and I'll go somewhere else and I'll swap it for silver. Then I'll go back to the bank and I'll swap the silver for money. Then, you know, then I'll swap the money for more gold. And then I'll just repeat this process over and over again. And I hope I haven't lost anyone in this explanation. But the point is that it couldn't last. To have the, uh, the dollar pegged to two different precious metals that were fluctuating, Separate from one another just didn't work. And so uh, in the 1890s, the government proposed getting rid of the silver standard. And this was a big, big deal at the time. And one that has kind of been buried in history. I learned about it from a a book called Narrative Economics, which I highly recommend. It's a lot of fun. And maybe that makes me look like a a bit of an economic geek, geek. (laughs) but it was, it is a great book uh, by Robert Schiller. And one thing I did not realize that I think would fascinate people to know would be uh, The Wizard of Oz is actually, before it was a movie, it was a book. And The Wizard of Oz is all about the silver standard. In the original, Dorothy is walking down a yellow brick road, meaning, a, you know, a road paved to gold to the Emerald City, but she's not wearing ruby slippers. She's got silver slippers. And she's encountering a lot of people along the way, and each one of them represented a famous person at the time who was all for the gold standard. Uh, you know, one didn't have a brain. Somebody didn't have courage. And I mean, you know the story, but it's just amazing to think that uh, that that's what it was really about and that people at the time uh, would have known that it it was quite obvious that that's what it was about. And I think that they changed it up when they turned it into a movie uh, just so that we could enjoy it, take the politics out of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And everyone remembers. Now we can relate the movie to reality.
1: So it's a lot of fun. You know. In the, the real dominance of the U.S. dollar came, though, in, in World War I and then even more so in World War II when our borders were not being attacked and we had plenty of oil. And so we we're providing uh, weapons, ammunition and fuel to the world, especially to Europe in exchange for their gold. And so then it was only natural coming out of World War II because we had the most gold in the world. It was natural that uh, people would want to trade in our currency. Uh, the British had been the world's currency up to that point. And uh, not only had they given us much of their gold, but also uh, they had dropped the gold standard from their currency back in 1910s.
0: And what you did know. that do to their currency?
1: Oh, it was a complete disaster. And, you know, uh, Jordan Hadfield is going to do a podcast in detail about all the history of the, the U.S. dollar, and he'll dive more into that. But it, it was a complete disaster, and I think that the idea after World War II that, that the British would be the uh, de facto reserve currency of the world, that everybody would want to trade in that currency, I think, uh, was wishful thinking. It was all about the U.S. dollar at that point. In the 1970s, we got rid of the gold standard. Some people thought that it would be a disaster for the United States as well, but it turned out to be okay. I think even today we hear calls for a return to the gold standard still. Uh, What what people don't realize, though, is that the U.S. economy is so big and so dominant. There's not enough gold, not even talking about what we've got in Fort Knox or, or any other storage facility. There's not enough gold in the entire world to meet the demand that we have for U.S. dollars. So providing enough U.S. dollars for all of the global trade in the world, including, you know, all the oil sold between countries that don't even involve the United States. I mean, they still want to transact in dollars for the most part. And so we make that possible by making the dollar available for them. We're in a very strong position and there's just a huge amount of demand for the dollar still.
0: What's happening with the dollar now as a currency in value?
1: you know it's fluctuating every second of every day just like uh, other investments and and it's complicated because it will you know it'll go up and down versus the yen it could be up versus the japanese yen and down versus the euro on the same day so it's it's always fluctuating and it's complicated but basically in 2022 the problem was that the dollar was too strong it comes with benefits which Jordan will get into, but basically, we can borrow cheap, especially uh, when we really need to borrow. so it's a it's a huge benefit. Uh, but it does make manufacturing and and exporting overseas more difficult for us, but the u s dollar is is looking very, very strong. There's not really another good alternative. So if somebody were to ask me, you know what the future will bring, well, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a very gradual uh, decline in the dollar. But the fact is, is that there's just no alternative out there. I don't think that uh, the euro, the yen, the the yuan from China, I mean, I just don't think that any of those are credible or preferable over the U.S. dollar.
0: What about cryptocurrency? There's been a lot of hype over the last few years. Cryptocurrency has been around for some time, but over the last few years, it's become big.
1: Yeah, it, it certainly is. First of all, I think the dollar is already pretty digital. You know, they talk a lot about the digital dollar, and, and I think they may get to the point where they want to blockchain the U.S. dollar so that they can track it electronically the same way cryptocurrencies do. Uh, but I don't think it would have a big impact on most people. I think that it would, we would uh, not really even notice much difference. It would probably just help the government crack down on Ill- illegal activities. As far as cryptocurrency goes, I think it's more of a tool of speculation, The technology is is fascinating and groundbreaking and very useful uh, for all kinds of things, even outside of currencies. But uh, for the most part, I think it's just uh, speculation. And I think that's the best way to look at it uh, for the people out there listening and, and thinking about it.
0: Not strong for maintaining or spending for your average day-to-day expenses and things like that.
1: No, one one of the most important things that a currency offers is stability. You want your reserve currency that the people are trading in all over the world, you want it to be stable. And that's something that the U.S. dollar, even though it fluctuates, uh, it doesn't fluctuate a great deal. And so it, it will continue to be uh, dominant over the cryptocurrencies for that reason.
0: James, this has been fascinating. I'm totally intrigued with this information that you've shared. It makes me want to do some more research myself.
1: Well, I'm, I'm happy to be here and tune in for Jordan Hadfield's podcast because he'll be elaborating on these.
0: Great. Thanks for joining me today, James.
2: You're welcome. Thank you for joining the Power Up Wealth podcast. Spend the Financials located at 102 South 200 East, Suite 100 in Salt Lake City, Utah, 84111. Call us today at 800-748-4788. You can also find us on the web at smidleyfinancial.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. These expressed are smelly financials and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities offered through Securities America Inc., member FINRA, SIPC, Roger M. Smedley, Charlotte J. Jessup, James R. Derrick, Shane P. Thomas, Michael B. Ani, Jordan R. Hadfield, registered representatives. Investment advisor representatives of Smedley Financial Services, Inc., advisory services offered through Smedley Financial Services, Inc., Smedley Financial Services, Inc., and Securities America are separate entities. <music>